Welcome back to the Leadership Vision Podcast, our show helping you build positive team culture. Our consulting firm has spent 25 years investing in teams so that people are mentally engaged and emotionally healthy. Hello, everyone. My name is Nathan Freeberg, and in today's episode, Brian Schubring and I dive into an impromptu conversation about the importance of identifying and meeting our own needs as leaders. Now, for a little context here, we had just finished recording a live conversation in our online community about this topic, and, well, we just kept talking once it was over. So I decided to hit record and see what we'd get. What you're about to hear is a somewhat candid conversation about the challenge of recognizing personal needs and how it relates to leading others effectively. Throughout our discussion, Brian and I share some personal anecdotes and observations about our struggles to name and prioritize individual needs. We highlight the significance of understanding and addressing our own needs as a fundamental aspect of self-leadership and compassionate leadership towards others, but more on that later. As you listen to the episode, I want you to pay attention to and reflect on three main things. Number one, the difficulty of naming needs. Many people face a common struggle in articulating their own needs. So many leaders we've worked with over the years, including ourselves, find it challenging to identify and express some fundamental human needs, often defaulting to focusing on the needs of others. Are you doing this? If so, how or why? Recognizing this difficulty can lead to a deeper understanding of oneself and improve leadership capabilities. Number two, pay attention to the connection between self-leadership and leading others. There's an undeniable correlation between a leader's ability to lead others and their capacity to lead themselves. Self-compassion and self-care are foundational elements of compassionate leadership. How can you understand and meet your needs to better support and empathize with those you lead? And finally, number three, prioritizing personal needs in the larger system. Brian and I discuss the intersection between an individual's needs and the needs of the larger system or team. A real challenge exists in balancing personal needs within the group needs. How are you with this? Compromising and finding a balance serves your well-being and collective goals. Okay, so let's get to this episode as Brian and I unpack these perspectives and provide some practical suggestions for recognizing and prioritizing your own needs as a leader. Enjoy. Brian, what were you saying about when you coach people? Well, when I'm in a coaching session with someone, we have a specific outline that for whatever we're working on with them. And there are times where I really struggle trying not to listen through specific interpretive lenses. And on this topic of needs, it seems to me that I can't shake that particular topic of people not being able to name what their needs are. When I was coaching a woman a couple weeks ago and was talking about this process, and I, I, I just stopped her cold on what we were talking about. And I said, you know, I just think they need to name what you actually need. And she couldn't do it. I mean, she gave me several answers. And she gave me like three or four answers, but they were all about other people. And I said, we'll do it again. Those were all other people. So let's try that for a second time. And she did. And it was still about other people. And I realized she's really having a struggle saying, this is what I need. And having that need be really a fundamental human need. I just struggle with, am I projecting this on people or am I really hearing people have an inability to name it for themselves. So I was talking to Linda about it and she reminded me of that conversation we had with our mentor and we couldn't do it either. (laughs) 
<laughs> everything that we named as as a need wasn't a need. It was just it was something else. And it, it worries me because if people have such a difficult time naming their own needs, are they really aware of whether they're able to meet someone else's needs as well? Because you know, Nathan, I see a direct correlation between someone's ability to lead others and the ability to lead themselves. A leader's ability to be compassionate for somebody else with their ability to be self-compassionate. And like we all want to feel loved and held. How does a leader really know how to love themselves and hold themselves as they truly are? There's this correlation there, an unmistakable connection between those two dichotomies. And I'm just concerned that we know what our needs are. Is that making any sense at all? Uh, just uh-huh. as an... You know, because well, Linda and I were talking about yeah. you too, Nathan, and we and we we were saying the band or me, you. Like when you and Malia were moving to Portland, I remember talking to you, Nathan, about like what you needed in a home, and you named it specifically. Um, I need to walk to a grocery store. I want to be able to walk to food. I want to be able to walk to my kid's school. It was all about walking or whatever it was, a place to run, and you were very specific about that. And, you know, how much has that really changed? As, and I think that your lifestyle that, that you've lived in the last many, many years has just reinforced that that need is what you actually are relying on to have a sense of grounding and well-being. But that was a specific practice of you knowing, you know, what you're looking for. And that really narrowed where you were going to live. And I think that example is a great example for the rest of us of if we know our needs that well. I need to be able to have good meals. I need to be able to exercise. I need to be able to get up early. I need to be able to be close to recreation. That really limits places I can live or you know how I schedule my time. But it's the what keeps me alive. Does that make any sense? It does. And it's fascinating that you p- brought up that example because in the last few years, but more recently in the last few weeks, been reevaluating those needs as it relates to to our now family. So mm-hmm. what when you're talking about Portland home, we had one brand new baby. And now oh, as baby. we're kind of reevaluating oh, baby. a baby, one, <laughs> we now have four children. They're all much older. You're right. So for me, those needs are the same. Like I, I need all those things. I want all those things. But now as I am part of a family s- system of six, the question is, yeah, my wife and I might really need and want those things, but are those all still the best things for our children? What this is making me think of as leaders, when we think about, well, I need this, I need this, I need this. You know, we just got done recording another podcast about needs and selfishness and some of this stuff. I think what's so hard for leaders is to say, um, not only this is what I need, but this is what the team needs and what happens when those two things are in conflict. Like, going back to the house example, like I need to be in walking distance from not even like good restaurants, but just like I want a walkable neighborhood with coffee shops and a dentist and a convenience store and the kids go all these stuff. I, I need all those things. I want all those things. But we have really no yard and there's not like great easy spaces for the kids to just go and play without adult supervision. And so how do how does an individual's needs then bump up against the needs of the larger system that they're part of and so maybe this is a question I'm getting to with you is how do you then, uh, how, how do you wrestle with that? How do you reconcile that? How do you compromise when like, oh, I really want this. I need this. Uh, maybe it's needs versus wants. I don't know. 
I have realized that for my entire adult life, I have had a focus on meeting my needs. Your personal needs. Brian Schubring's personal needs. Yep. yep. And that's been named a bunch of things by people. Um, <laughs> like, and I sure. also have been conditioned to meet other people's needs and have mm. been conditioned to think that meeting other people's needs is more heroic or even more humble than meeting mm -hmm. your own needs. And I mean, I remember like some of my first couple jobs, Nathan, I refused to live in the neighborhood of where I worked because I needed, quote unquote, needed separation hmm. from sure. the community I was serving. Now, I couldn't explain why <laughs> you know, very well, um, yeah, but I just yeah. knew that I needed some type of physical separation for my own well-being. I didn't have the language. I didn't mm -hmm. have the experience for it. But I still would consider other people's needs more important than my own and sacrifice mm -hmm. that way. I think having kids was something that changed that focus, but it still didn't emphasize it. But I also have to say this, and this is my example. It's not an example that I'm going to be prescribing to other people. But my athletic career in trying to maintain like an elite caliber competitive skill set, you could say, has kept me very disciplined on meeting what needs I have and that need hmm. for movement, that need for well-being. And I haven't always been able to articulate that well either, you know, because that dictates mm -hmm. where I live. It yep. dictates how I use my time. It sometimes dictates when I travel and when I don't travel, depending on my racing schedule. But again, I haven't been able to articulate that well. Um, and then when listening to other, other people, this is going to sound too general, but what I found is there's two very specific things in my learning. Number one is giving myself permission to care for myself first and integrating the word and. Not or, it's and. Hmm. and that okay. has changed my life because uh, hmm. I have lived a binary life for most of my entire experience of living <laughs> there's right and wrong there's wins and losses there's one side not the other side uh -huh. and i have not lived in a place of and and so i've always believed that if i'm presented with the choice of taking care of myself or others you can't do both you do one so you always choose me and the needs of others hmm. and that's why i love the symbol of the ampersand you know, this that yeah. journey of a line that makes mm -hmm. that and symbol. <laughs> it's caring for yourself and caring for others. And there may not be a perfect balance to that, but the balance that you find is the balance that's perfect for you. That mm -hmm. kind of permission giving has been like this doorway of living alive and free in a way that I've I believe I've never experienced before because right. it's both and that and situation releases me from shame, releases me from guilt, releases me from mm -hmm. the uh, like severe negative self-criticism. It releases me from having to work hard through everything because it's and. It's not one or the other. Does that make any right. sense at all? It does make sense. And what it makes me think about is going back to this idea of how do we know what our needs are? How do we know what are those non-negotiables? Like for me, I know that if I don't uh, exercise or workout or even walk briskly <laughs> for hmm. like 30 minutes a day, then I'm kind of a mess. 
like not not a, not a like I can't function society and like you know if I if I skip a day or maybe two because there's you know sick sickness or just mm-hmm. you know crazy circumstances that's fine but I know that that's a huge priority for a variety of reasons for me that is that is a need that I have now I've also learned that with the crazy unpredictability of life with kids and you know working remotely and like all these other things mm-hmm. it is also on me to plan ahead and to to make time for that in whatever way that I need to. You know, I have a few other things like that too in my life, but I, I guess why I bring that up is to say that I, I feel like leaders sometimes, they maybe don't know that or they they don't prioritize those things until it's too late, until there's like a crisis of some kind. And so how do we encourage people, leaders, you know, you've talked with so many to, to say, no, it's okay to do these things. It's okay to not answer your emails in the evening so you can get to bed on time, so you can get up early enough. That's another thing that leaders do, right, Brian? They wake up early to prioritize your well-being, because I think that's maybe what we're just talking about here. Instead of like sharing, you know, here's here's 15 of the best leadership tips, you know, make sure you do this. And there's other thing It's well, no, make sure you take care of yourself first, because, you know, without that, it doesn't matter how many, you know, top 10 leadership books that you've read, if you're not able to execute yep. those things, right? Is that making sense? Am I going off topic of, here? Yeah, it, it totally does because it's it's about, you know, starting your day or ending your day. You've heard of the um, the gratitude journal like exercise, right? Oh man, I've, I've heard of so many different versions yeah. of that. Yes, yes. Of, you know, just being grateful for, and that usually is a reflective exercise. I think that there is a gratitude for what's coming or a gratitude of anticipation. Like you're grateful for the anticipation or the grateful for what's happening today. I think that what might be helpful for people is like a gratitude practice is you also think of a need practice. You think of it for the day. Like, is there some way to start your day? Maybe look at your calendar and ask yourself, what do I need today in the following categories? What do I need emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, physically, relationally, just those six topics. And that may be something that is really helpful for someone to just remind themselves of the prioritization of their own needs. Cause I know that, that for me, you know, like exercise happens early, but I also know that I'd be at some point during the day, I tend, I start to panic about what my dinner is going to be, you know, like not panic, panic, but like I start to have anxiety over like, what am I going to eat? How long is it going to take to prepare? Do I have the food in the house? I have to go somewhere. And that begins to overwhelm everything. Or do I need a break? I'm like, when do I take a break? Um, and do I do a practice? Do I go sit on the terrace? Um, like, what do I need? A bowl full of grapes? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that because I'm looking at my calendar right now. And I was like, okay, it's 1217. I'm getting my hair cut at one. I have to pick up the kids from school at two. And then from there, we're going straight to do homework. And then we have swimming practice. And then we'll get home by 530. And mm-hmm. if I don't get dinner prepped, so so I black out 15 minutes in my day every day to like do some dinner prep and just all the things you just mentioned. 15 minutes? Um, 15 minutes. How just to, just to kind of make sure okay. like, okay. you know, because like I'll you know, okay, we're having, you know, stir fry tonight. So I got to make sure, you know, start the rice cooker. I'll just whatever kind of 15 minute quick chop stuff, whatever. So that when we get home after practices at at 530 or sometimes six o'clock, it's not what you're talking about. Like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. We're all hungry. We're all crabby. Now we're going to figure this dinner thing Hmm. out. 
Yeah. Um, I need to do that ahead of time. So that when we get home, it's just like, I know what we're doing. I just took this, you know, 30 minute dinner prep down to 15 mm-hmm. minutes because I did a little bit ahead of time. Then we can get food on the table so that we can, you know, finish homework, start bedtime, get everyone in bed so that uh, we can get in bed or have a little moment of non-kid time to start the day ahead of time. And the only reason I share that, it sounds like a ramble, is because what I'm mm-hmm. finding more and more is that I have to literally plan and schedule all of this stuff in my life. Like nothing, like your needs aren't going to get taken care of magically. I had a mentor years ago say, no one's really going to ever care about you and what your your needs. He didn't say needs, but except for you, like you've got to prioritize these things and make time for like whatever you need to do. This is probably so yeah. simplistic and simple, but I feel like, you know, leaders more and more need to figure out how to do do that in their daily life. It literally means planning in, I mean, I wish I could sell you dinner prep, 15 minutes, supposed to be happening right now. So we got to wrap this up, Brian. But well, what if um, you had that kind of accountability with somebody where you had a, what do you need? Because I think like, as you're saying that Nathan, there are many, many days when Linda and I will be in the kitchen around the Island, like, you know, um, or talking to each other from our offices. And this phrase comes up from one of us, well, what do you need? And it's just, it's vocabulary for us that I believe is a phrase that we use that says it's okay for you to name what you need right now. And that to me, I think is it's, it's healthy relationally because it, it is a recognition that there's something else going on behind the curtain that we may not be paying attention to. And it gives the other person permission to say, you know what? I just need to go for a walk. I, I need to get out of here. I was talking to Linda the other day and I said, well, what do you need? She goes, I need to go to Target. I'm like, what are you going to get? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just need and to buy for something. me, it's like, just yeah. go get gas. Or just get out of the house. You know, just get yeah, out of the house. Change the scenery. Car, a break. Yep. Just get out of the house. Um, well, and I, yeah. you know, and this is maybe a, a too, too big of a discussion, but I think it also comes back to values. And so in that mm. whole scenario I connection. talked about dinner prep, yeah. it's about like, yes, my value of connection with... Well, well, two things in this case. It's the value of connection with my family in the evening because yep. that's the only time of the day yep. we're all together. But then how, if that's set up well, it means bedtime goes well. It means, mm-hmm. you know, my wife and I can have some time to connect. It means that in the morning, I can have some time to connect with myself to kind of read and journal and work out. And so as, I don't know, type A as it sounds, that 15 minutes of dinner prep during the day that I schedule like connects to this bigger value of connecting with my family because then dinner all of a sudden doesn't become this big task and chore that sucks away time from all of that and makes everything. Because even like when I prep dinner, I'll also clean up those dishes, which is one less, you know, I don't have to clean out the rice maker at night then because I can do it here or whatever, whatever it is. So it's interesting as you think about your values to, or as you think about your needs to try to connect that to your value of... Yep. you know, whatever it might be. And then, may, then maybe it'll be easier to prioritize our needs and naming those as we, as we talked about. Yep. So I like that. We were just kind of talking here and I hit record. So we'll see what, how this, oh, I forgot about that podcast form. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. It's kind of funny. Um, I thought you use AI to plan your dinner menus for the week. Well, so this is, this is related, I guess I was going to say a total tangent, but so I use two AI things right now. Okay. So one of them is called Motion. It's this task app that oh. I... Have we talked about this? Not Motion. It's awesome. So it, you basically... It's it's like a traditional task thing where you... Okay. You know, you put whatever your task in. It could be, you know, 
two hours, uh, the weekly leadership vision, uh, podcast editing, 15 okay. minutes dinner prep. You can set these as you know, like a daily reoccurrence in the case of dinner thing or a weekly reoccurrence. If it's like a, a longer, like it takes me about two hours, two to three hours to get the podcast going every week. And yep. so you can like break it up into chunks and you can tell it what chunks. Ah. And you just dump your whole life into here. And then what it does is it syncs to your calendar. Ooh. So then it schedules Ooh. all these things for you. So tomorrow, for example, I am chaperoning the fourth grade oh. field trip to the Oregon Trail Museum. They're doing a Have whole fun. project on the Oregon Trail. And so mm. because of that, it kind of reoriented my day to, uh. or my week rather, to like get everything done that I need to get done. And then it'll tell me like, hey, I couldn't fit these things in here. So what do you want to do with it? And then I can oh, kind of reprioritize and yeah. say, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then the meal planning, I've, I've used one of these AI tools to say, create a meal plan for the week. And I wanted to do this and this and this. And then it kind of, you know, I usually, uh, loosely, not usually, loosely use that to plan my day. But when you think huh. about your needs, you, there's a lot of tools out there too. That's like, you don't have yeah, to keep doing sure. things uh, the hard way. So anyway, I guess that's a free tip for anyone that wants to, you know, try to meet some of your needs. And again, this all comes back to connection. So I have like, I want to be yeah, so scheduled. Right. So that at the end of the day, I'm not feeling stressed and like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna, what am I gonna do the podcast for this week? It's like, it's already mm -hmm. scheduled for me. Mm -hmm. AI did it for me. So, anyway, I do have to run, Brian. Uh, this was lovely chatting with you. Yeah, I'm glad you recorded this. Yep. I know, me too. Thank you, Brian. All right, thank you. Farewell. Bye, bye.